Hi everyone, welcome to our final episode, gee that's gone quickly, uh, of the NRF Big Show Show, proudly brought to you by AWS. Um, uh, uh, I'm joined again of course by Gareth uh, as we talk through um, the reflections on both the final day that we've just shared, uh, Gareth here, as well as the reflections on the show overall. So first up, let's start with day three. What did you find? What were your highlights? Uh, some interesting stuff on day three. Uh, I went to the NIQ presentation, which is Nielsen, for those of you who were a little bit older. Um, <laughs> but they're always insightful because they're consolidating all this data they get from scan sales and, and analyzing it. And what they confirmed was there's a definite trend towards value shopping, um, you know, rising food prices are top of mind for consumers. And, um, you know, an interesting stat on inflation is grocery spend inflation has been 32% since 2019. And what that means is volume is decreasing um, and 30% of the consumers are reducing non-essential spend. Now, I could um, actually go on with stats forever on this thing, but the, the presentation um, is downloadable. Um, so I'd rec- recommend you do that. It was pretty interesting stuff. One interesting thing they, that I will share, though, was st- the data they have on retail media. In other words, the data that retailers are now getting that they're able to monetize and why they like it so much. And the reason they like it so much is that every dollar they get um, for their data is worth, on average, $5 in sales. So it's an easier way to uh, to put money on the bottom line. So that was a good one. Uh, did you have any? I've got another couple, but how about you, Andrew? Yeah, I, I, yeah, my first one actually, I was a little nervous about when I first walked in. It was called Unifying the Retail Experience, uh, and it had uh, um, the Chief Digital Officer from IKEA the U, in the US, uh, Yang Lu, who's the um, head of digital for Tapestry Brands, which yeah. include Coach and others, and Jason Brenner, who's a senior VP for digital at Michaels, um, which is yeah. a huge retailer here in the US, mainly in the the hobby kind of space. Yeah, and. And uh, it was uh, it was actually a really informative, wonderful session. They didn't yeah. talk about it as um, a kind of in general terms. They were very specific, which I enjoyed. But you know, essentially, the theme of it was the linear path to purchase is dead, um, and just highlighted that customers don't see brands like we do. We come to work every day, and we we see digital, we see physical, we mm-hmm. see you know regions even broken down, call centers. Customers don't see it that way. They yeah. have this. Um, this simplistic view of kind of you know your brand as one one whole, and we need to make sure that we follow it through. Um, but they, you know, the theme of the session basically was the customer experience still goes dark in the store. Yeah. Um, and they uh, used a really uh, smart analogy um, that I thought um, was was pretty clever anyway. Of like, um, it's like dating someone with memory loss. You've had this engagement with a retailer online or, or through an app or even previously in another store, and then you walk, suddenly walk in and they don't know who you are, and you're starting all over again. Um, it was a, it was uh, it was fascinating to hear how they did it. And, you know, um, talking about um, uh, the use of in tapestry anyway, the use of AI and machine learning to help with strategic planning. They, they put basically all of their data in, all of their numbers in, their performance in, um, and help you know use this engine to kind of start predicting what's going to happen and yeah. and what they can do in the future. It was really fascinating. But the 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 end of the session was by far my favourite. The theme was you know, in this speed of change, innovation is the new perfection. Right. Stop worrying about perfection and start experimenting, trying different things fast. Yep. Uh, lots of different things fast. It was it was it was an excellent session. Yeah. Well, the next one for me, um, and probably 
the only other one I want to talk about is Domino's. And this was Domino's US. And the presentation just reminded me how innovative Domino's has been in Australia because a lot of things they were speaking about we've had in Australia for a long time. Um, but another reminder was that Domino's here, as Domino's in Australia, have 85% of their sales mix originating on digital in, in some way. So, um, and of course, they talked about things we've seen in Australia, like Pizza Tracker, like what they call pinpoint delivery, which is delivery in the park or to the beach. Um, but they talk particularly about how innovation is driven in the business. And, you know, it's driven how it should be from franchisee feedback and consumer research. Um, he, they asked him what he thought, and this was the head of innovation, um, what he thought was the best thing they'd done in the last few years. And he um, nominated the rewards program. Mm. And the rewards program is popular. It's got that thing we were just talking about earlier, the emergency pizza, which is a bit of a marketing thing, but it's a really nice positioning of uh, a bonus pizza because you've reached a certain spend limit. But it's not a pizza you get now, it's when you really need it. You know, when, the, when your cooker is, is kind of broken down or you're having a bad day or you just need some comfort food, you've got an emergency pizza, that's nice. But the point about the rewards program is it's given them data. Mm. It's given them a much better view of their customer and that in turn has led to opportunities for AI to improve the experience for consumers a lot. So the rewards program, like in many other retailers, is the platform of data that allows AI to do some good work for them. So that was uh, that was my second mm, highlight. Sounds great. I, uh, a favourite of ours to go to it, it, each year is uh, Sumit Singh, the CEO of Chewy, which yep. is a pet food company, digital uh, native pet food company. Or they do, as they were talking now, have four vet clinics. Yeah. Um, and it was it's always good to listen. You know, you spoke around statistics of things like you know the pet food health market is a forty billion dollar market just for pet health. Um, um, and you know, seeing that as the next frontier, that, you know, especially here in the US, and I've experienced this with my pup. You know, it does take weeks to get an appointment with a vet, yeah. and the service is still not not great. So they're trying to kind of see how they can uh, interject there and, and yeah. take share from that healthcare market for pets, um, including insurance and a bunch of different things. Um, they uh, they also spoke about you know having to kind of settle the market a little bit. Everyone, lots of anecdotes and assumptions around massive uptake of pets during COVID when actually it was about 5 to 7%, which is not that much higher than normal yeah. annual growth. So, um, you know, it's it's not as huge an opportunity as potentially the market's making it out to be. Yeah. Um, but really for me, actually, this the hindsight here, he spoke constantly about this ability to keep moving. How do we create this inbuilt capability to move at pace, agility to experiment, to try, you know, innovation was everything. Um, and try and make sure that we spend a lot of time getting the skills up, like increasing the skills of the team to be able to do that and move at pace. Um, you know, they've spent the last couple of years really wanting to get the right people with the right different skills that maybe aren't yeah. traditional for retail. Um, but really on reflection, I was looking at it, and it's the first time I've heard Chewy sound a little bit worried. There was right. lots of talk about Petco, obviously. They even they didn't name it, but they yeah. obviously, they obviously, we all knew who they were talking about. Petco was a highlight for you and me in yeah, the store yeah. visits. So... It was. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there's quite a lot of competition there for the dollars in a space that's largely not been disrupted. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. So well, we should get on to our overall impressions of the, of the few days now and our time in New York. So do you want to kick off with what's yeah. been your overall feel of the, the show? Um, I thought I, I have. I've been incredibly positive about the show. Yeah. I think it's been the first time it's felt 
Um, it's certainly grown, like 40,000 attendees. It's significantly higher than it, than it has been in the past. And it, you felt that. You felt that everywhere we went. That, you know, it was buzzing on the expo floor. The sessions were packed. Um, it, was, it really did have a good energy around it. Lots of international um, visitors, you know, lang- different languages yeah. being spoken everywhere. Um, made it, you know, adds to it. Adds a different vibe to it. I think the, I think the sessions were good. They probably haven't been as strong as maybe some other years, but the sessions were still very good. Um, and the expo floor was excellent. You know, mm-hmm. all the, the innovation zone and the startup zone in particular are usually my favourites, just to see how the trends go. Um, but it was certainly a conference about AI. Um, that was that was in pretty much every session, in some way, you know, some way or another. Um, yet, and it, it's feeling defined. I feel I felt okay with it because it really is the topic of the day, and it does have some tremendous opportunity. And people are feeling like they're actually applying it to real problems instead yeah. of you know seeing it for its cool factor, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was excellent. What about you? Yeah, well, I, I agree with everything you said. I thought it was an inspiring show. It had a vibe to it. Um, and I've said this before, but I will repeat myself. Um, it reminds you of what a great industry this is and what a force for good it can be in the world. Um, you know, and the source of... I, real, I really think the root cause of that is the till, you know, because mm-hmm. you collect money every day from your activities and every day you've got your judgment, your consumer judgment of how good you're actually doing. That makes retailers, good retailers, generally pretty humble. Um, it generally makes them collaborative. It generally makes them focus on their team. Um, and it generally makes them look after their team and, and the people and the communities that they, they serve. So I found it an inspiring kind of revisitation of... Uh, what it means, uh, or what retail means to the world. But the big thing for me, I think, apart from what you've said, was where the stores are at. You know, mm-hmm. last year we were here and the stores were coming out of COVID and we said it was quite obvious that retailers were back to being retailers. All the frivolous um, formats we'd seen in the past mm-hmm. hadn't survived COVID, but retailers were back to delivering value to customers. This year, I think it's quite clear they're on the competitive trail now they're trying to take share and that's really important in a comp- in a zero-sum game like uh, yeah. the retail industry two ways to do it some are just being better uh, and you mentioned petco really great example of just taking that category pets to a new level and no wonder chewy is kind of a bit nervous because man it's very very good mm-hmm. and i would say wegmans is in that category they've just taken the metro style of supermarket to a new level and customers are loving it but the other way to take share is to push into other people's space and we're seeing you know we've seen this for a few years in the digital physical blend and uh, uh, we're now seeing it in the the media company versus retailer space and you know retailers becoming media companies media companies becoming retailers and a lot of blurring of boundaries um Retailers pushing into new parts of the market to try and get get share. We'll talk more about that when we get back to Australia and put all our thoughts together um, about some of the retailers that we think are really doing a great job there. All right, How about you, Andrew. That's um, well, we've done it. We've done me. Um, it's a, it's been a long, big three days, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's enough from us. Let's actually bring in some guests because I think you sat uh, sat down with Fleur Brown from the Australian Retailers Association and Dan Johnson from AWS on the sh- on the floor, live on the floor. So uh, let's listen in to see how what you guys spoke about. So 
So I'm here today with Dan Johnson from AWS and Fleur Brown from the ARA, and both newbies to the NRF Big Show. Um, it's the last day. People are packing up as we're sitting here on the show floor. And I just want to talk about your impressions of the show, especially as newbies. We'll start with you, Fleur. What's your overall impressions of the show? Oh, I guess I'll start by saying no one warned me about the massive case of FOMO that I would have at the end of the NRF. Well, actually, all the way through, you're just in constant panic that you're missing something. And to be honest, you are, because there's, it's no possibility you could cover all of it. Uh, my impressions of the show are they do a really great job of giving you access to... I guess the celebrities of the retail community in, in the sort of CEO, CEOs and C-suite uh, or sometimes literally, you know, celebrities on stage um, in the keynotes uh, right down through to the, the latest innovations, whether it's the NRF Innovation Lab, which is curated for you, you know, really um, fantastic companies that are having big impact or, you know, take your, your luck uh, on the startup floor and have a look at what's coming up through through the grassroots. It sort of caters to every level and um, I think uh, you need to spend some time just digesting all of that information really. Yeah, really important. And how about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, probably similar. Um, I probably had a list of maybe 50 things I wanted to get to and got to 15 of them. Um, yeah. So a lot of FOMO kind of post that. Um, I think probably, yeah, the big takeaway is just how big it is, um, hence the name Big Show, I guess. Um, probably how much happens outside of the show as well. Um, and then probably kind of compared to Australia, just like how much or how well um, the exhibitors understand their kind of target personas and their buyers and things are really catered to kind of attract those people in. Yeah, and it's a good point you make. For everybody new that comes here, there is just too much. That, and all you have to do is the math before you get here. Like there's 300 presentations, there's thousands of exhibitors. You've got to curate it and, and try and stick to a plan if you can. Um, what about the, um, some of the tech you've seen, Fleur, that, you, that sort of impressed you and you can see an application for? Well, of course, you're always looking for the up-and-coming, uh, you know, the thing that no one's heard about. But I think for an Australian market, it's also important to focus on what might be just around the corner. Yeah. So I feel that the smart cart is just around the corner for Australia. Yeah. Um, of course, back home in Australia, we're all grumbling. Well, we are not, but the, uh, some of the customers are grumbling about uh, the self-checkout technology. Uh, and that could be, you know, potentially leapfrogged by smart cart technology, which is essentially uh, it might be a mobile phone uh, attached to your cart or a screen. Uh, and you put your goods directly into the into the shopping basket, and it automatically weighs and calculates that for you for a very smooth exit, and a beautiful exit when it comes to using your reusable shopping bags potentially as well. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Dan? Um, yeah, probably similar again. The, there was a lot of really interesting things that aren't quite available in Australia yet. So um, the Amazon One kind of pay with your your hand scan, um, but I think probably the the most interesting ones for me were um, just applications of currently existing technology. So I was, I was really impressed, impressed with how um, Chick-fil-A were using or combining both geolocation and geospatial data to kind of reduce their cost per lead in an advertising sense, which um, seemed to be a lot more mature than anything I've seen in Australia in terms of application. Yeah. So presentations, like uh, I really spend most of my time in the presentations and get really inspired by some of them you know for me they show what retail can be 
and have a real purpose and a, 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 a purpose for good in society. Um, were there any of the presentations for you into that really fired you up and think we can really move forward with something like this? I agree with you. It was really inspiring. It yeah. kind of put a bit of hope back yeah. uh, for me. Uh, one of the ones that will linger with me for a long time was around accessible retail. Right. Uh, and the statistic that will linger with me is that of 8 billion people, there's a billion people with accessibility issues. So right. it's a massive market. And we heard case study after case study of the revenue opportunities. So, of course, we're, we all want to hear about the social impact. Yeah. And it's absolutely there. But not far behind it is this incredible commercial opportunity. And I yeah. got really inspired by that because I thought, well, it's going to happen. It's, you know, a yeah. genuine revenue stream now uh, for yeah. so many businesses. And that's going to make the world a much better place. Yeah, yeah. And we were just talking about one I went to. But I don't think we've talked about yet, which was on loss prevention. Um, you know, this is a, a growing problem, uh, and it's a problem of not only customer safety, but of associate safety. And I was interested to see a lot of the collaboration that's going on uh, promoting that in, in the presentations. I don't think Andrew and I have mentioned that now, Dailies. How about you, Dan? Is there any presentations you've been to that inspired you a bit? Uh, probably at the risk of repeating myself, it was the, the same one um, with uh, Chick-fil-A and I think it was Silver Sea or Silver Fern um, and just combining the yeah, geolocation and geospatial data and using it in a really purposeful way um, and the reason that was inspiring really was because most organisations are capturing that data in some way, shape or form so it's a really kind of easy to implement to yeah. go and extract value was a good takeaway from NRF. So, Dan, I'll stick with you because we'll talk about stores now. And I know you've seen a few because you came around with me. Yeah. And, um, as a, and you're not a retailer, but as a non-retailer, what did you find? Uh, you're definitely a consumer. What did you find in, sort of interesting about what we were able to see together? Uh, I, I think, again, it's, it's the understanding of like, who the target buyer is and the stores yeah. are constructed around that. Um, yeah. Whereas Australia, we, it, it feels like we tend to just build a store in a location and don't think too much about the design of the store to suit yeah. that target, target buyer. Um, and then I think as well also like Petco was quite interesting in um, how they're using temperature to control smells. So the, you know, the hot air is rising to make sure that the smell of the pet food stays in one particular area. So a lot of really interesting, unique things like that that was, um, yeah, I learned a lot from. Yeah, there's some great stores and we're, we, we're gonna, we have talked about them separately. Um, but it's great to get your wrap-up. Any final thoughts, Fleur, before we wrap this up? Um, look, I came from a three-hour sustainability workshop with um, a lot of the retail sustainability heads, and I was very inspired by that. And I think um, similar to the accessible uh, market, there is a massive market in reuse, uh, and many, many retailers are, um, you know, beyond onto this. So, you know, it's, it's being integrated. So the example was given around e-commerce, uh, is now it's now omni-channel. Like it's not a it's not a separate uh, point, and the same is happening with the sort of reuse economy. It's being integrated uh, as a revenue yeah. uh, line and opportunity, not seen as competing with new items. It's actually seen as uh, uh, serving, uh, yeah. you know, that that aspect of the business, and that's very exciting. Yeah, and so in summary, we left Australia in January. We left the opportunity to go to the beach and, get, and jump in the surf. It was snowing today in New York. Has it been worth it? 
yeah, definitely. Um, worth it for the learning, worth it for the networking, and then um, just getting first-hand experience of the investment and innovation. Um, yeah. So absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the insights that come out of this, you know, can take a lot of legwork out of uh, out of things for, for retailers that take the opportunity to come along. Yeah, great. Well, thanks a lot, both of you, and safe travels. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. All right, Gareth, that's a wrap. Another NRF down. Great conversation, by the way, with Fleur and Dan. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, uh, but that's a wrap. What a fantastic year. I'm excited um, to have been inspired from having been here and looking forward to seeing what 2024 has in store. And we've already got the save the date for NRF 2025. Yeah, it was a great show. It's been snowing today, but at least I know it's been raining in Sydney, so I didn't miss the beach too much <laughs> over the last few days. Well, uh, my shoes are still soaked through from the sludge walk this morning, so I'm looking forward to warming my toes up a little bit later. Thanks very much for joining us for the NRF Big Show show, and thanks again to AWS for for supporting us and bringing it to you. Uh, We'll see you next year.